All the dialogue is either whispered or screamed. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Oh, my eyes! Everything in the movie is on fire. Am I getting through to you, Alpha? I said, put the bunny back in the box. Calm down, Nick. Let's do our self-esteem exercises where we pay each other compliments. We're gonna have a three-way with the Declaration of Independence. Welcome to the Late Night Fright right here on WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me as always is my very cagey co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Faith, it seems like old times, doesn't it? It does. It's a Monday. <laughs> And we're talking about Nicolas Cage. Such a good day. It's a great day. <laughs> we did the Cage Match series a few months back. We pitted the films of Nicolas Cage against each other to determine which film is the cagiest. Because those films can only go up against one another. Those movies should not be in competition no. against other movies. No. So, <laughs> If you have not heard those episodes, I think those episodes are a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. They're available wherever podcasts can be found. Face Off was the champion. Spoiler alert. <laughs> but we decided that, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage is on this quest to be in every movie that comes out. It seems like every week <laughs> there's a new video on demand film starring right? Nicolas Cage. And it's not even like... Uh, you know, the like, let's say the month of January, here's a movie. No, it's like three and four at a time because I was noticing there's like three of them, quote unquote, in theaters right now <laughs> that you can rent, you know, yes. video on demand. So we picked this one. It looked interesting and fun. Faith, what movie are we talking about today? Primal is the movie. Primal. 2019 this came out in quote unquote theaters in november <laughs> it is available on video on demand so you can you don't have to go to so the theater. home theaters home theaters <laughs> you don't have to go to the theater you don't have to find a theater that's playing this you can just rent it and watch it in your as my lovely co-host just said in your home theater in your pjs right. with your cereal with with whatever your uh Whatever your food beverage of choice snack, you know, is, you know, I don't know. What is the, what is the proper snack for a, for a Nick Cage movie? Oh, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to give that some That's thought. A good question. I feel like there's probably. Because it has to be a little weirder than popcorn, you know? Right. It's like somewhere between popcorn and sushi. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, you know, probably like a, a grizzly bear, you know? <laughs> That's probably Grizzly bear on a stick. <laughs> Yes. That's probably what it is. So the movie Primal, we we picked it because it, well, short story is it's Nicolas Cage versus a white jaguar. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, I'm going to assume a lot of you out there probably have not heard of this movie. My suggestion is, uh, even if you have not seen the movie, we're going to spoil it. Oh, well. Uh, watch the trailer for it, though, because the trailer just just sells it it just oh, yeah. sells it so nicholas cage plays a big game hunter who has discovered in the jungles of brazil the rare one in a million white jaguar 
Right, Faith? <laughs> That's right. Also, this movie features Nicolas Cage with a blowgun. <laughs> blow dart, dart gun. Blow, how you, what is that? Blowgun? We're going to call it a blowgun. That was a dart gun. Yeah, a but... Blow dart gun. Blow dart, blow dart gun. <laughs> I really don't know. Yeah. Um, what did what did you think of, of Primal? Now, this is from... Let me pull up this gentleman's name. We want to make sure that uh, Nick... Powell is the gentleman who directed this. He has directed Nicolas Cage in another uh, video on demand movie starring Hayden Christensen of uh, Anakin Skywalker fame where they fought dragons or something like this. I, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, in this movie, he's fighting the white jaguar, the one in a million white <laughs> jaguar. Faith, uh, quick syn- quick synopsis or you want to get into what we think of? A quick synopsis, right? Sure. So he catches the white jaguar in mm-hmm. Brazil. He brings the animals that he is going to be selling to zoos and collectors around the world with him. He, he gets on a ship. The uh, the federal, federal agents of some <laughs> alphabet agency, NSA, CIA, take your pick, led by Michael Imperioli of The Sopranos fame, uh, featuring uh, Famke Jansen, my favorite export from the Netherlands. She's with them as well. She's playing a doctor. They have a uh, an assassin black ops guy with them that they're transporting because they're bringing him back to the States for trial. And so they're transporting this guy with uh, Nicolas Cage and his animals. To no one's surprise, the evil assassin gentleman gets out of his cage, but there's a twist, Faith. He lets all the animals out of their cages mm-hmm. as well. So then it turns into Die Hard on a boat. The <laughs> hunter hunts <laughs> as it is. What did you think of Primal? Was that a pretty that was oh, yeah. pretty right on synopsis, <laughs> right? Much. What did you think of Primal? Man, this movie's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't really have a better word, but it's just it's weird. Yeah. Um, I didn't hate it. The previews kind of make it seem more like it's going to be this, uh, you know, Nicolas Cage versus the rare white Jaguar, right? Yes. And the white Jaguar, uh, composed of uh, CGI pixels, is mm-hmm. uh, is in the movie a little bit and, and is an antagonist, but it's more uh, Kevin Durand playing the black bags uh, assassin guy who's the antagonist. So it... it goes from the first 15 or so minutes where it's kind of neat and unique and then it just kind of turns into a standard action film right after that so i didn't i didn't feel like it was anything special but i will say this i really like the story i I did too (laughs) i really like the general setup like the hook of this with you know, you've got this guy and these animals mm-hmm. and you've got this, uh, the bad guy and you're stuck, you know, the diehard formula. We talked about the diehard formula on the diehard episode and that formula just always seems to work, you know? Yeah. You know, whether yeah. it be on a boat or a bus or wherever <laughs> else you eat green eggs and ham <laughs> with Sam, I am. And, uh, so it, it, then it just turns into kind of cat and mouse. And I think that the budget your restrictions really then start to show because you got just the one location and mm-hmm. and you know it's a lot of you know just waiting and looking and, and waiting and looking but with that said i don't think it's a bad movie it's no it's not a bad movie it's just an interesting movie <laughs> to say the least yes you know? yes and uh i do believe that this movie 
if this movie had come out in the mid to late 90s and was a Jerry Bruckheimer production with a big budget mm-hmm. with Nicolas Cage at the peak of his action movie status, I believe this would be celebrated as one of the classics in the Cage canon. I really, really uh, believe I think, that. I think so, too. And I don't know, nothing against Kevin Durant. He was fine. He, he was fine as the as the villain. He he. He was doing typical villain stuff. I didn't feel like he was bringing much right. interesting to the table, but he was trying, you know, yeah. and, and that was, that's something. And, you know, I just kept thinking like, man, if this was the nineties, that would be John Malkovich, you know, maybe it's <laughs> Con Air in my brain, or it would be like Kevin Spacey or somebody, yeah. you, know, at, yeah. you know, at that time, um, you know, Nicolas Cage, of course, would be, <laughs> would be playing that character that he plays. I can't remember his name. We're just going to call him Nicolas Cage. His name was Frank. Frank. There it is. Walsh or Frank. Walter. It's Frank. It's Frank. <laughs> Let me be Frank with you. And, uh, you know, and then the, um, the SWAT team leader probably would have been played by somebody like a Samuel Jackson or, mm-hmm. or somebody like that. Or maybe they would have snuck LL Cool J in because, you know, he was making movies yeah. at that time, you True. know. And, <laughs> and uh, anyway, no. But what we have here is a pretty competent movie. It I did not uh, dislike the movie. I didn't feel like it uh, broke any new ground. But I will say this. I have watched several of these Nicolas Cage, quote unquote, theater releases from the past couple of years. This one actually seems to be trying. Right. You know, th- yes. and that was the thing, like these low budget movies, sometimes they look like low budget movies. Mm-hmm. This didn't look like a low budget movie. No, you know, no. it, it didn't feel like a low budget movie. Mm-hmm. It was very competently made, I think. And, uh, you know, there were some genuinely interesting moments with the with the big cat. You know, in the uh, on the ship and with the guy, I wanted more of the big cat stuff. I think, yeah, I I really wanted. You know, the previews kind of make it out where it's going to be like Predator, like you know, Nick Cage versus the White Jaguar. You know, (laughs) you know, and of course, the White Jaguar is going to be you know symbolic of you know something that he's fighting in himself. You know, man versus nature, but man versus man at the same time. You know, yes. it was going to be like Moby Dick with the white jaguar. Yeah, it's all there, Faith. It's it's all there. Oh uh, no. So, but um, no, but I mean, there there are a lot worse ways to pass an hour and hour and a half. You know, and yeah. um, you know, it, I said this during the cage match episodes. Uh, we were talking about the video on demand stuff that he's been doing and. You know, for whatever reason, he's he seems to be stuck in this limbo of mm-hmm. of these movies, and some of them are actually decent, some of them are not very good. Uh, this is more on the uh, uh, decent, moving upward to to pretty okay. The one that pops into my head when you say that, I don't know what it's called, but you showed me a clip of it where he like catches on fire and. Oh, that's the uh, the other side movie, yeah, where he's uh, where the they hear voices and and there's dead people or something like this. They run together after a while. They really do. But um, this one, what I was impressed with here is you see him in some of these movies and he seems just so beat down. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah, like I gotta go do this crap again. You know, right. you know gotta gotta pay the bills. You know, gotta. Right. I have to fund my Holy Grail search, you know, because that is, yes, that made news a few months ago. Nicholas Cage is indeed searching for the Holy Grail. <laughs> yep. Because of course he is. Of course. Because of course he is. And apparently he's been talking to his buddy Johnny Depp about it. So Johnny Depp is like his sidekick on this Grail quest because of course he is. Exactly. Because that that's that's what they do. You know, that's... <laughs> 
Yeah, and they say famous people are just like me and you. No, no, they no. look for the Holy Grail in their in their spare time. But um, anyway, for whatever reason, he seems to be stuck in this in this limbo of these movies. And like I said, my heart just goes out to him because you could tell it's he knows how bad the movie right. is. And we established during the cage match episodes, just we became even bigger fans of his. Yeah. Uh, what did what did you take away from from him? You know, learning about him and, and, and being exposed to all of those those movies as great performances of his because we we both have a new respect for him. Yeah, I feel like you know, I feel like everything that he that he brings, I feel like he had at least the the ones that were good. I feel like he at least brings some passion to everything that you could tell he wanted to do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. He enjoyed it. Yeah. And you know, maybe he's not enjoying these, you know. Home theater, home, home theater, the home theater experience. Yeah, I, I didn't feel that vibe too much from and, him. And that's this. that's what I was that's what I was leading toward, you know. And, and the only other point I want to make about you know the respect we got for him, you know, I, I think this guy is like a great jazz soloist. Mm-hmm. You know, he comes in and he can play in the box and out of the box, and he has a voice and he's like he's like unique. Yeah, he's, he's so distinctly unique. He and really is. It's so easy to make fun of him because he's the first guy through the door and it's so easy to knock on the first guy through the door. You know, Brando, Marlon Brando mm-hmm. had the same knocks against him back in the day. He changed a lot of things and changed the rhythm of of the male actor and act just acting in general, mm-hmm. but the way that things were done and we've talked about this on the show because you start off with theater actors in the early days with the silent films, you know, and then you transition into the talking era. And so then the acting style changes, you know, and then it continues to change, uh, you know, throughout the throughout the 40s. And then you get to Brando and it's this new thing. And here's film acting. And then, you know, that stays there and you kind of adapt to that. And then Nicolas Cage comes <laughs> along and and does this thing, you know, and it's uh, he's referred to it as the nouveau shamanic you know, vibe and uh, he's so weird. I'll give it to him. Uh, I, I love him. He I, is, I, but I, you I have you have to love him. <laughs> Absolutely. What impressed me about Primal, and this is I, I don't want this to seem like a ringing endorsement for the movie. I think you know if you like uh, your action movies '90s style, I think you're going to enjoy this movie. I think if you enjoy Nicolas Cage and that whole vibe, I think you're going to enjoy this movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, you hit the nail on the head. What impressed me was he seems to be trying he was yeah. like really engaged in this he's he's a little more paunchy than he was mm-hmm. he's uh, a little more weather beaten he's uh older mm-hmm. and he's he's all there in this he's this reminded me of a performance from those bruckheimer movies mm-hmm. because we talked about there's there's the different nicholas cage performances there's the um there's the art house where he goes for it <laughs> You know, yeah, and it's just it's it's kind of like spaghetti in a lot of ways because it's just all kind of <laughs> jumbled up, but it's it's all one thing, you know, and he's right? just out there on a limb, you know, and uh, and then there's the uh, the Bruckheimer thing where those Bruckheimer pictures really knew how to take that weirdness and mm-hmm. and I don't want to say rein it in, but but package it in such a way uh, to make it like really marketable and and he he could he could you know. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? He could really ground those movies, and mm-hmm. he could he could anchor those movies, and he right. he could really, you know, make those things work. And mm-hmm. and I, you know, his work in Con Air and uh, Gone in sixty seconds and The Rock and things like that really work. Mm-hmm. And he keeps that that kind of weirdness and that strangeness and, and the caginess, right? You know? But you're not looking at it like, what am I watching? <laughs> right. What am I looking at? Right. And here, 
I was seeing flashes of National Treasure. Me too. Nicholas mm-hmm. Cage. I was seeing flashes of uh, Memphis Reigns from Gone in 60 Seconds. I was mm-hmm. seeing flashes of that that absolute brilliance you yeah. know, that he has. Now, the movie is very, but that's the thing. Very few movies are up to him, mm-hmm. up, up to, to that level of, of, of Cage factor that he brings to things. Right. But I didn't, I, I didn't dislike this. Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I yeah. said it's just a little different yeah and it was uh it was really refreshing to see him like i said engaged and trying and you know we talked about harrison ford you know uh the force awakens you see him in the force awakens and he'd been kind of really dour for years and here he is playing han solo again he's kind of back and engaged and 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 those kind of guys when they're engaged in what they're doing are always fun to watch Mm -hmm. you know i think it has to mean something to them and anyway long story short you know this is more on the top of the heap of the crap that he's been doing. <laughs> exactly. And and I and the thing is, I really mean this. I like the story. I like uh I like the setup. I, mm-hmm. I like the performances in here for the most part. I like the direction. I think it's so competently made for for the money that they yeah. had to make it. And uh and I think he he tries and gives a really good performance and and, and so lends too. some character to it. it. It almost feels like this is a performance of like, look, I'm still good and able to perform and maybe he'll have a comeback or something you know yeah. eventually <laughs> where yeah. it'll be kind of like you know those older movies that he's so good in yeah and one of the things i was thinking about with these video on demand movies that he's doing that i think would be really interesting and it's a shame that they haven't harnessed this is because you know these movies uh for the most part they're made with from what i know about them i could be wrong they're made uh, overseas you know, with overseas money, you know, that, and, and it's so easy these days to make a movie, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's still hard to make a movie, but you know, there's so many, you know, avenues out there to get these movies out. It's not like where you have to get into a theater and then right. there's home video. There's so many, you know, places you can put the movie, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, so, you know, these movies are churned out, boom, boom, boom. And, and you see this with his filmography and you're seeing it with like John Cusack, you've seen it with John Travolta is doing this these days. Bruce Willis has gone into the video on direct market and, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Maybe the paycheck's really great, you know, and they just enjoy acting. They don't want to put up with the BS of Hollywood. Right. I don't. I don't know what the story is is there, but um, you know, it's it's so easy to to get these things out there these days. And um, when you see something like this, you know, that's competently trying mm-hmm. to to do something um, is nice. But what I would like to see is he's making so many of these, and you know. I guess they're making money because he keeps getting asked back. Right. You know, I wish someone would just say, you know, screw it, you know, do what you want to do. I want to see like the fully let loose cage thing. You know, they talk about stand up comedians have to go to the clubs and try their new material. Like I want to see him just, just expand, you know, in these movies because you don't have the, uh, the, the weight of, you know, the box office and all like, like just let him go, you know? (laughs) Exactly. And then I was watching this movie and I was wondering like, I wonder if there are those takes out there. I wonder if they could cut a movie together where it was like it was like full on cage, you know? Yes. <laughs> so, um, like I said, not a terrible movie, not a not a not a great movie, a totally passable movie, and right. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna kick it. Right. You know, it, it its heart is in the right place. It sets a tone. It keeps the tone. It has beginning, middle, and end. The the story line is, uh, you know, it's it it. it I didn't feel like there were any plot holes. I didn't feel like there was any gaps in logic. I felt like it's pretty simple, mm-hmm. you know, and, and they kept they kept it going for the movie. And I was engaged with it. You know, yeah. I, was, I was not drifting right. 
from it like some of his other work and that's not on him that's just the movies aren't aren't very good right you know and that's that's not his fault um before we get into the scoring of the film let's talk about some of the uh some of the cast we have here too in particular michael imperioli plays a uh alphabet agency agent uh nsa fbi whatever it is (laughs) michael imperioli has been on law and order he was on the sopranos i know he's done other work that is escaping me right now uh, I thought he was really good in this, and he's a guy I've always enjoyed his work. Uh, what did you think of Michael Imperioli? I think he was really good too. I think he was a nice, uh, a nice addition. He wasn't too. I don't know. I feel like he was really nice and kind of grounded stuff for the movie for the most part, along with Cage. You know. Yeah, and when I saw his name in it, uh, it was one of those things like, oh, they were able to get him. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cool. Right. You know, how cool is it? You know, and Michael Imperioli, like I said, so I, I feel I've always felt like he brings a certain level of uh, quality mm-hmm. to it. And again, you don't know where these people are in their lives, why they're doing these things. He may have just wanted to work with Nicolas Cage. I, I don't know, but I don't blame him. I don't blame him either. And um, no, I thought he was I thought he was really great. And then it's always a treat to see uh, my favorite uh, export from the Netherlands, Famke Jansen. Uh, she was Bond girl. She was a villain in uh Goldeneye back in 1995. She was Jean Grey in the X-Men movies. She's been in a whole bunch of other stuff. And uh, I've always, always enjoyed her. And, uh, you know, this character, she didn't have much to do with this character. But I thought that there was a, there were a few moments of nice interplay mm-hmm. between her and Nicolas Cage. Yeah, and I felt I, like I they think... were trying to establish a theme with, yeah. is Cage's character a good guy or a bad guy? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of man he is. And, and that's a typical 90s thing. But uh, it was great seeing her. What did you think of, yeah. uh, of Miss Jansen? I, I, I like her. I've always liked her and everything. I've seen her. And I think, I think she did good with, you know, whatever she was given here. Because I don't feel like it was too much going on with her. You know, but yeah, I think whatever they gave her, I think she did great with it. I liked her. Yes. And she uh, is 55 years old now, and she was really working those khaki pants that she was wearing in this movie. <laughs> there it is. That's all I'm going to say. She uh, I thought and, and um, I thought she looked great because I, mm-hmm. I, I looked her up uh, when I was watching it. I was like, man, I, I didn't know how old she was because mm-hmm. you know, I was like, man, I mean, she doesn't look 55. Like 95 is when she hit. Mm hmm. And I was like, man, how old is she now? Because she looks like great. She and and she looks like she's aging and, mm-hmm. and and all those things. And I was like, man, like she's she's really moving into into you know that that uh, middle age part mm-hmm. of life, you know, really well. And uh, she's great. I I've always liked her. I've always felt like she was a little underrated. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's always so solid in everything that she's in. And I thought she was a good uh, female uh, lead for him. Mm-hmm. I and, think so too. Um, I'd love to see, you know, them kind of do more things together. Mm-hmm. You know, not that there were sparks. You know, it wasn't the uh, uh, who was it we said Diane Kruger. We liked the Diane Kruger yes. relationship from National Treasure. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite on that level, but it was uh, it was pretty good. They had yeah. a, they had a few nice little moments, and you can see National Treasure Nick Cage come out in <laughs> in some of the little dealings he has yes, with her. He so uh, all in all. Uh, like I said, a fine movie. It's yeah. it's okay. It's it's worth a, it's worth the rent at the uh, at the red box. That's where I got it from. <laughs> it's worth the rent. It's worth a dollar. It's worth a dollar. Honestly, my my dad wanted to see it, and I was like, you know, I've been wanting to see that, so I think I'll watch it. After. Do you remember when I saw the trailer for it? And like I, I, I think I texted you and I said, "There's a movie with Nick Cage and a big cat. Yes. Like we have to see this." <laughs> I know he has coming down the pipe. And I'm sure they're probably going to be out tomorrow. You know, like, 
Uh, he's playing a homeless guy who gets hired as a janitor at like a Walt Disney World type place. And he's going to be fighting the animatronic uh, robots who become self-aware. And I'm going, yeah. And I'm going, man. Wait, did I see the trailer? Is there a trailer? There's not there? a trailer for it. I was yet. about to say, yeah. I haven't seen But I'm going, okay, yeah, this is I'm a movie that needs to happen. I'm going to have to see that. The one I'm excited about, <laughs> the name of the movie is something like The Unbearable Weight of Extreme Talent or something like this. Is it's the unbearable weight of talent is in that title. He's going to be playing himself in a movie and he gets invited to a party. They're going to pay him two million dollars to go to a party. And then like Die Hard, people are going to crash the party, some bad guys, and he has to reenact his most famous movie roles to get out of the evening. Are you serious? I am absolutely serious. This is something you came up with? This is, no, this is not something <laughs> I came up with. And I went, again, here's a movie. Why hasn't this happened already? Know. You know? <laughs> So, um, if that's the case, hopefully he can laugh at it. You know, he, I think he gets the joke, but, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I, I get excited when I see, you know, there's a new Nicolas Cage video on demand movie because best case scenario, you get a pretty good movie. Okay. Movie, you know, worst case scenario, you get something to just kind of have get a giggle to see at, Nicolas Cage, you know, have a giggle at, you know, you get those, those cage moments. So, um, if you are new to our Nicolas Cage discussions, what we did during the cage match is we scored the film based on how many is it, Faith? Five categories we've yes. got? Yes. There's Five overall cat- movie, there's hair, there's voice, there's facial expressions, and the cage factor. The cage factor, that <laughs> undefinable thing that Nick Cage brings to things. So, Faith, what do you want to do? Do you want to take a break and come back and score this? Whatever you want to do. Let's... Let's take a very short break, and when right. we get back, we are gonna we're gonna have our scores here for Primal, starring <laughs> Nicolas Cage in the mythic white jaguar. <laughs> I'm Dan, and, I'm and we'll see you on the other side. Nouveau Shaman. Nouveau Shaman, the new fragrance by Cage, a unique blend of chest hair, weirdness, strangeness, and won Academy Award. Nouveau Shaman. Nouveau Shaman, the scent that will rip your face off. Nouveau Shaman. Nouveau Shaman by Cage. Available in fine fragrance stores in Cozy Corner and around the world. Thank you to the good people at Nouveau Shaman. For sponsoring the show, Nouveau Shaman, the new fragrance by Cage. That's right. Chest hair, weirdness, and one Academy Award, Faith. It's an interesting uh, mix of smell, you know, things going on. It is. You know, you know what it smells like, right? Success. <laughs> and excellence. <laughs> All right. And tigers. <laughs> or in this case, jaguars. All right, jaguar. The great white jaguar. <laughs> wonder if he went into this thing and like, I'm making my Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have the categories, overall movie, hair, voice. What is this one? Facial, Facial expressions. expressions and the cage factor, the undefinable it that he brings. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to see the undefinable it, watch Face Off or <laughs> Moonstruck or Peggy Sue Got Married. Any of those uh, great films raising Arizona. Yeah. Faith, I'm going to defer to you. How did you score the overall movie? I gave it a two. I said it was a decent movie, but it lacked something for me. 
maybe like some wow factor or something. But I did like the stories of the animals and, you know, the whole assassin thing kind of being together. It was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, it's a, it, it, I've said it a few times, I think, during mm-hmm. the show. There's, it's a great setup. It I, is. That really got me into you the even, film. You said, too, you like that whole, like, one lo- the one location was kind of cool to me because it's like you're yeah. trapped. You've really, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a boat, it's a ship. Where are you going to go? Exactly. I, it just, it, yeah, it, there's something lacking here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you could possibly chalk it up to budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, money doesn't equal story, but there's no telling what they could have maybe done with a little, yeah. just, just a little bit more. But um, I gave it a two. I don't want that to seem indicative of the quality of the picture. It's just, it, it feels like it's lacking that thing. Um, we did say we score this out of four. Out of we, four. Did we say that? Yes. Um, yeah, so out of a possible four. Yeah. That is correct. So, so not too terrible? Two, uh, two out of four. No, I I think, um, I think it, like I said, it's very competently made. I would like mm-hmm. to see this guy do a, a movie with, with, with a budget. Yeah. I, I think uh, I think it would be good. Yeah. I th- yeah, I think if he had the money, I think he definitely could pull something off that yeah. was like wow you they, know? they really they really you know did did very yeah. well and uh you know the cat looks cg but uh it, it's not awful terrible cg you know it doesn't look like it was made in you know paint microsoft paint or whatever it is <laughs> yeah no it was uh it was fine yeah. uh yeah too like i said don't let that deter you from watching the movie if you if you want to watch it um hair uh i gave it a three and the reason i gave it a three it is Kind of, uh, it kind of goes back to some of the looks that he's had recently. So it's piggybacking on these other looks. I gave it a three because his hair here looks more natural than it has in a while, and it doesn't look like a burning bush on top of his head <laughs> that uh, is telling Moses to go free the Israelites and lead them through the desert because he's had that look of kind of either it's a cross between a burning bush and like a bird's nest, you know, and uh. <laughs> This actually looked like a mid late nineties cage hair with just older and you know and uh, right. it seems to have that quaff and and an almost natural looking hairline almost na- he's got that little bit right. Do we in know front. if this is a hairpiece? We do not. I would assume it is because I do think he's pretty thinned out, but it looked thinned out to me. I gave it a two point five because I said it looks to be thinning out. I wanted yeah. it to be like slicked back a little more. Okay. I feel like you could just see straight through. Okay. Uh, and see, and that's what I liked about it was and the I fact didn't. that it. I feel like it was like a Christmas tree that you need to like fix the branches on it and you need to. Again, go on to the bird's nest <laughs> aspect of, of the hair. But uh, no, I, I, again, just that it, he's, he does. He has that burning bush thing going on. You know, it's just it's it's something. Uh, voice. How did you score voice in Primal? I gave it a three. I said he sounded like Cage, but at moments I felt like he kind of went a little over the top occasionally. <laughs> yeah, uh, I went two five. Uh, there were there were those moments where that Nick Cage delivery right. was happening. <laughs> Uh, right in the beginning of the movie. Take yeah. it easy with my cat or something. Yeah. Uh, there was right in the beginning of the movie where he was talking about, uh, no, I paid to have trucks bring me to the boat, you know? And it, and it was that, that thing and it was that mm-hmm. classic, you know, right. cage, you know, coming <laughs> exactly. out. Um, two, five. And I would have liked to have gone higher on the voice, but he did not in this movie whisper or scream. <laughs> I noticed. Because all the dialogue has to be either whispered or screamed. No, he didn't. He didn't really do that. And there wasn't enough fire for me either. Oh, I know. Yeah. 
Uh, Faith, tell him you have this this theory that Nicolas Cage is a pyromaniac. Oh right? yeah, he has to be. <laughs> everything's not just everything in the movie is on fire. I think everything in his life is everything. On fire. Everything's on fire. Yeah, <laughs> that was a when we were doing the Cage Match episodes, running through those movies. It was like there was, there was fire, fire everywhere, everywhere. Even and she had uh you you had uh, clued into it, and then we got to like Moonstruck, and he's baking bread, and, and I remember you were like, like and "There's oh fire! God, there's, there's fire, fire in the bakery! He's standing in front of the fire! Yeah, fire is a running theme with this guy. There there fire. wasn't any fire in this movie, mm, just not no. enough fire. No, I feel like there could have been more fire. Uh, facial expression. I went to I went to on the facial expression mm-hmm. i feel like uh you know there there's moments he, he didn't really pop that face mm-hmm. you know the the nicholas cage yeah. uh the meme face you know right. from uh vampires kiss or anything like that uh he's playing it pretty straight you know and, but uh there was nothing out of the ordinary out of the box yeah i gave him a two there was one moment where i think he and uh what was his name luffler luffler, luffler uh, kevin Durant. yeah yes they were fighting yeah. He kind of looked up at him. He was kind of angry looking. I don't know. That was like the one moment I was like, there's an actual facial expression. He had the, he had the drive angry. <laughs> yeah. The drive angry face going on. But yeah, he didn't do it over the top. And I think he, he probably could have. I mean, he's yeah. Nicholas Cage. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he could have in that last act really gone for it. So mm-hmm. and it brings us to the final category, the undefinable thing that he brings to life and to movies, the cage <laughs> factor. Uh, Faith, how did you score the cage factor? I gave it a three. I don't think he I don't think he went too over the top, uh, you know, in that weirdness. But I think in general, I think he did good with what he had. And for me, I don't think the movie would have been the same without him. I think he grounded it well, and com- I think he played it so well. I completely agree with you. So I kind of bumped that a little bit up just for the sake that you know, yeah, I, I com- enjoyed his performance. I completely agree with you. I think what he had to work with was pretty interesting for the mm-hmm. most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he did a great job with it. Uh, again, he looks engaged here, which mm-hmm. is it's so good to see him being engaged with this and uh i gave it a two five the reason i gave it a two five is i would i just would have liked a couple of those moments to really come out that that just oh, yeah. that thing yeah you i know. think he definitely could have gone in that direction of over the top yeah. you know but and the thing is like this movie i think could have benefited from it mm-hmm. i think this is the one where you could have really you know kind of it kind of uh, it could have come out to play mm-hmm. a little bit. I and, agree. And uh, just because, like you said, the setting and, you know, they've established a tone and he could have, because uh, let's face it, the guy he's playing, I really enjoyed the whole story with this guy, you know, being, a, being a hunter, you know, yeah. and, and, and his backstory working at zoos and things like mm-hmm. this. And, um, but it's fine. Yeah. It's I mean, fine. he didn't disappoint at no. all. So, I mean, no, it, I'm okay with what he did, but you always want to see a little bit of that weirdness. From yeah, <laughs> I I was so excited though because there's a there's a nice little scene at the end uh, between him and uh, Famke Jansen. Uh, the the national treasure <laughs> cage comes out a little bit to play, and it was so fun seeing it, and it just it made me smile. Mm-hmm. It really did. Uh, so primal, yeah. If you get a chance, you know, rent it at the Red Box, uh, rent it video on demand, however you however you do these things, and uh, I promise you. In the future, when that movie about the animatronic stuff comes out and he's fighting the uh, Hall of Presidents in a movie, we're going to be covering that. And when he plays himself in The Unbearable Weight of Extraordinary Talent, that's the name of it, The Unbearable Weight of Extraordinary Talent. We're going to be covering that one, too. We have to. Because <laughs> I have really missed talking about Nicolas Cage. Me, he's, too. He's, he's, 
He's so much fun. And uh, Godspeed, Nicholas Kim Coppola, on your quest to find the Holy Grail. Do you think he was coding that to us in this movie? Do you think that this 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 movie is symbolic of his quest for the Holy Grail? Because I had this Maybe. thought when I was watching it. I was like, you know, because you see the white jaguar, you know, and I was thinking about Moby Dick and the great white whale and how that can symbolize so many things, you know. And yeah. it was like, yeah, I wonder if this is Nick Cage coding to us. You know, this is how his Grail search is going right now. Yeah. He's, He's stuck in the middle of nowhere. There's there's no help, but he's 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 after it. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's just a random thought. I can see that. It's a very cagey thought I just had. <laughs> Faith, is there anything else you would like to no, add? No, but about you did Carmel? not give the score of the movie. Ah, yes, <laughs> my total uh, came to twelve point five for an average of two point five. Faith, what is uh, what was your total? Mine's identical. So the movie came up to a literal two point five. <laughs> two point five, and that's that's about right. I think that's fair for this. That's really that's really about right yeah. for this movie. And I just want to say this again. Had this movie come out in the 90s, if this was a Jerry Bruckheimer movie mm-hmm. with a budget and, and with all of the action spectacle that was in the 90s, I think we would be celebrating this as one of the quintessential movies mm-hmm. in his in his canon. You know, if this has been something that Tony Scott or, uh, you know, a couple of his other directors, uh, Dominic West, I believe was the guy's name who did. 60 seconds but uh, yeah those guys mm-hmm. i really do i think this would have been one of the one of the big ones in his um in his filmography yeah, I, wouldn't it have been nice to see this as like a uh a pairing of travolta and cage have yeah, travolta yeah, play yes. the black bag uh the assassin bag, guy yes <laughs> yeah yeah i know i was gonna say that uh not to not kevin duran at all but i think i think he was one of the the things that kind of slowed me down with the movie a little bit. Yeah. It's nothing against him. I think it was just the energy he was bringing or something. I don't know. Right. I was watching that movie and it's very rare when I, when I watch a movie. Now this, I'm, I'm not someone who's appeared in films, you know, I've done acting and little bits here on the show and for, for some friends, you know, doing voices and stuff. But, um, I was watching that role. I was watching him play that role and again, nothing against him. Uh, I was going, I wouldn't do that. That's I would. Exactly I would be doing I this. Doing. I would be doing something else. He kept with doing this. something with his mouth, or like smiling, yeah. and laughing weird, and it was just like, mm, yeah. I don't think that works for you, that. You, you really want the uh, the Kevin Spacey, uh, late nineties Kevin Spacey, not the uh, alleged <laughs> sexual predator Kevin Spacey uh, that we have now. Uh, you know that Kevin Spacey vibe, the Steve Buscemi vibe in yeah. that role. You want the. Uh, uh, you guys, there was a little bit of lector in there, a little bit, but you want you See, want that's something, the, that's what I had. <laughs> yeah, because that's kind of the fun role I think in, mm-hmm. in the thing, and he just kind of played it a little too straight, I think. You know, yeah. it was just kind of, but uh, but this would have been fun in the '90s if this had paired Cage and Travolta back together again. Yeah, I think that would have been cool because I think that that really would have worked for the two of them. Yeah, you I know. think so. Um, but you know, the world of video on demand is vast. You know, yeah. there there are so many movies out there, and they're both. You know, sailing that sea, and who knows? Maybe these two will uh, will meet again somewhere in the maybe so. <laughs> in the world of video on demand. Do you have anything else that you would uh, you'd like to add about Carmel? I, I think I'm good. I think that's it. I think I'm good too. This was this was fun, and it's always a treat to get to talk about Nicolas Cage and his work. <laughs> always, it's always, and, and I swear, I miss the Cage match and. Yeah, I think we need to do it again. <laughs> I think I think during the summer we might have a, a revisit of the cage. There match. are so many movies. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll make it a straight video on demand. Uh, video on demand match. There are so many to choose. Yeah, from. <laughs> we're gonna have to whittle it down from like forty five movies down to a palatable like eight. <laughs> 
So, well, God bless you, Nicholas Kim Coppola, and the entertainment that you continue to provide us throughout the years. If you get a chance, check out Primal. Let us know what you think of it. If you feel so inclined, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah. So, well, until our next adventure with Nicholas Cage, I am Dan. Good night. And we will see you on the other side. All the dialogue is either whispered or screamed. Oh, no, not the beast! Not the beast! Ah! Out of my eyes! Everything in the movie is on fire. Am I getting through to you, Alpha? I said, put the bunny back in the box. Out of my eyes! Ah! Calm down, Nick. Let's do our self-esteem exercises where we pay <laughs> each other compliments. <laughs> We're gonna have a three-way with a declaration of independence. <laughs>